Welcome back, my friends. No grand intro here. We're just going to get down to business. This is Dr. Jared, and you're listening to the Cairo PCP podcast, podcast dedicated to uh, chiropractors looking to generate a patient-centered practice, become the primary care physician for a community with respect to neuromusculoskeletal disorders. The idea here, folks, is that we stop seeing 10%. We get out of the old school model. We start a new school model here of how we operate and how we grow business uh, so that we are able to hit that 50% market share instead of 10%. If we were a business traded on the New York Stock Exchange, our value would be pennies. We'd be a penny stock. We want to be something that's uh, much greater and grander than that. So that's why we're here doing this podcast for you. Now, uh, a couple of things that you can do. You can go to the website, CairoPCP.com and uh, subscribe. You'll get the five critical things for practice you don't get in Cairo school. That comes as a PDF that just lists them out. But also the subscription takes you to five podcasts about anywhere from 20 minutes to there's a couple of deep dives in there for 40 minutes on some of the larger concepts that you will not get in school that you will absolutely need and be critical to develop a thriving patient-centered practice. Go ahead and check that out. Again, chiropcp.com. Subscribe there. Other things you can do if you're already subscribed, like, share, and comment on the podcast on Spotify and through Apple or any other of your platforms that you're listening on this. It helps get out the reach. I'm not doing this in terms of uh, spending tons of money uh, to make uh, a major business. This is the goodness of my own heart trying to improve our profession. So your help is greatly needed and would be greatly appreciated. Other thing that you can do is talk with this to uh, other people, other trimesters at your respective schools, other friends that you might meet um, at other schools, and just get the word out here. Um, We're trying to do things, trying to spark different paradigms, right? To shift this paradigm from old school methodology that obviously is not working, sees way too much attrition, to something that Uh, helps the best doctors succeed very, very quickly, and more importantly, uh, totally reformulates the way that the public perceives healthcare. So let's get into it. Last week, we talked about the two things, two things that new doctors and uh, emerging doctors, meaning students, should be hyper-focused on, uh, new patients and a quality sales system. But we talked a little bit more on why doctors want to avoid that, right? And that was basically because it's scary. Uh, A lot of fear in those two scenarios due to lack of awareness, lack of immersion in those scenarios. So the idea is to overcome those fears, um, get yourself comfortable with that lack of control by starting to put yourself in more situations where you can overcome that. The more immersion that you have in that lack of control, in that fear scenario, the better you get with it, the more control you start to have. And then all of a sudden, it's not this daunting, insurmountable thing. It's it's just an easy thing that you've created uh, a lot of comfort within. So go back to that one, reference it. It is hyper critical for you to understand that uh, whether you're in practice or going to start. And that's a perfect segue here is that we're going to talk about how do I get started? I've been talking to a lot of shadows, been talking to a lot of interns, uh, precepts that we're going to have. We've been doing our P3s here at Logan, uh, potential patient progressions. Um, We're also going to modify that to say potential practice progressions to make it a little bit more business related as well. Uh, Just to answer more questions that uh, y'all have, 
so that it's it's very beneficial. But on the pod today, we are going through how do I get started? Um, and and so there's a lot of layers here, but what I'll start with is anytime a shadow comes in, I ask them, hey, what are you going to do? You know, what's your plan? What, what do you got set up for you? What's, what's, what's going to happen when you graduate and you get that diploma? And you just see the life drain out of a lot of their faces or, you know, maybe a, a reddening effect of, of shame, not really having a freaking clue what they're going to do or, you know, not having a great, you know, opportunity set up and just being worried about that situation, lots of anxiety, just a, a myriad of emotions uh, that I'll see on these uh, students' faces that aren't really that great. Every once in a while, you'll have someone that comes in, they have that unicorn scenario set up for them because they've networked it and, you know, things are going good. But even with them, we, we continue the conversation just to uh, try and drive in some awareness. But for the most part, you know, there's three options. We talked about it a little bit in the last podcast. We've done another podcast, but it's, uh, you can be an uh, employee, you can be an independent contractor, you can start your own business right out the gate. Um, and I think it's blatantly obvious that, you know, we, we push people to areas where they have control and options. Um, I think there are options, there are scenarios of control in each one of those. It's just with the employment route, um, that's a unicorn situation. That's a diamond in the rough situation. So uh, 99 times out of 100 and probably even more than that, uh, it's going to be not what you thought it was and not nearly as fun or cool, especially after about nine months to a year. Um, and you're going to have to do all the things that you were going to do anyway as an independent contract or as a small business owner uh, in your own facility. And you don't have any control over it. You're being forced to do it. And you're only getting paid a fraction of what you should be getting paid on that scenario. So we're always pushing people towards more uh, of an entrepreneurial scenario. Uh, but the likelihood you know, of that is you know, there's a lot of risk involved. So we're also trying to push a lot of existing docs or docs who go out and, and succeed to create better opportunities for younger docs. I'm actually going to meet uh, with a business consultant uh, to talk about their very thing of how how do I uh, launch associates more effectively? How do I create a better uh, preceptor program for my practice? But so these precepts can go out and dominate uh, in the right way and change our profession and change the healthcare system. Uh, we have to do that as well. But the big thing here is most of these kids, uh, I say that, graduates, um, students, whatever, they have no idea. You know, and some of them come in. I'll, I'll use the uh, example of one one student who's like, "Hey, man, I want I want to have exactly what you have going here." And I kind of roll my eyes, knowing my journey and how many mistakes I made. And if I just would have had the right uh, coaching at the right times or sought that out at specific times, I'd be two, three, maybe five times more successful. Uh, and so I look at it and kind of chuckle and say, whoa, 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 bro, stay in your lane. Let's, let's talk about this, uh, instead of just jumping into it. Cause I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I did, but you know, the Jim Cairo hybrid model is something that's out there. That's very popular. And I think is very beneficial to the market, very lucrative to young Kairos. We just have to know it is a multi-step process, right? You have to start at a very 
uh, acceptable beginning point and and transition to that year by year. Not saying, hey, I'm going to start with this end game, you know, the end in mind. So I'm going to have this big facility and then try and have to fill it up. Instead, you want to be maxing out your your square footage. And that, that's a major part of the concept we're going to talk about. We always want to transition back to business metrics. And we're eventually going to talk about dollars per square foot per hour. Uh, but, but getting back to, hey, this is a multi-step process, kind of started to grow a little bit. Okay, where are you going to go? Where are you going to practice? How's that going to look? Are you going to you know always talk about how many patients do you plan on seeing for how long and what are you going to charge? Right, you have to have all those questions answered and understood before you have any business um, thinking about what what you're going to create. So you go through it. Well, I'm gonna, you know, uh, I'm gonna spend maybe 15 minutes to a half an hour with each patient. Well, how much are you gonna, you know, charge? Uh, maybe you know, 50, 60, 70 dollars. I'm like, keep going, especially if that's a half an hour. Right. If you're at 15 minutes, it better be $70. And that's at the minimum. If you're a half an hour, it's got to be 150 or more. If you're um, uh, going to do an hour, that's 300 for me personally. I do 10-minute appointments, and I'm trying to boost that as close to $60 per appointment or per interaction as possible. Um, that's on the low end still. I need to get better at doing that, but that has to be understood. What is your process of taking care of people, right? That's how you're going to generate revenue. The next process is how are you going to make that money or how are you going to make that be profitable for you? So with this uh, particular person I was talking to, he's like, yeah, um, you know, the thought of a potential dual chiropractor scenario that's bound by marriage. And I've seen it. I know a lot of you hear that and you're like, oh my God, this can't be, right? Um, don't do it. It's the worst scenario ever. Don't want to be get married in school and then try and start practice. And I understand that. There's a lot of risks with that. But if you start thinking about it in a better model, um, for any of you who you know might be have a special someone who's also a chiropractor, um, and if you're going to practice in the same you know town or facility. It's important for you to think of it in terms of how much can I maximize or how much can we maximize the dollar per square foot per hour. And thinking of it also is how can we maximize profitability going to one household? So it just popped into my head. I'm like, well, what would I do if if I could do it all over again? I would minimize my square footage as much as I possibly could. I would maximize my uh, dollars per minute that I worked right? And that would give me the best dollars per square foot per hour scenario. But in terms of profitability, you know, for me, I had way too much staff when I started. It was dumb. Just way too much freaking staff. Uh, Don't make that mistake. You will probably need staff at some point in time. Uh, That staff needs to be a rock star and be able to do many, many things for you um, that, that maybe two or three people you would think you might need to have. No, you need to get that in one human being to, to make them as efficient as possible and maintain your profitability as a business. Um, the only reason you would have uh, more than one uh, office manager, office staff, is if you had more than two chiros 
or if you were seeing more than probably 150, most likely 200 visits per week in an office. That's when you might think, okay, we need more than one individual. So if you are less than that uh, in terms of the amount of people that are operating in your square footage or the amount of uh, people you are taking care of, um, you should never have more than one uh, if you're not hitting those and, and be very slow to hire, very slow to add on as opposed to having too much. I can tell you from experience, you don't want to do that. But we'll get back to this scenario. I, I started talking, I was like, you know what? You know, I practice, you know, 20 hours, maybe a little over 20 hours a week. Uh, but when I was starting, I was closer to that 28 hour mark, knowing that there were certain days I needed to spend way more time marketing, you know, doing more of the business management, doing my internal, you know, procedures, just these other things that I couldn't do with seeing patients. So you, you think of that, you probably shouldn't be more than 30 hours, uh, clinic hours dedicated to treating patients. It's dependent on your model, I know, but, you know, looking at it across the board, it's just, it's, uh, the more that you go over 30 hours, the higher likelihood you're going to burn out in a short amount of time. Uh, so keep that in mind. So I was talking to this guy and I'm like, hey, what if you worked 30 hours a week and then your spouse flip-flopped with you and worked the other 30 hours? And you might have had you might have busy days where, you know, when you're not working, you're still doing some of your admin stuff, but you're doing kind of some front office management for your spouse and vice versa. They spend a little bit of time doing front office management for you. So you get the benefit of a free office manager, um, someone who can manage the flow of people coming in um, and just give you the perception of this solid practice. But at the same time, guess what? You're not paying them. That money is still going into your account or your dual account as a married couple. And then all of a sudden you you look at it and you say, well, I mean, that's pretty awesome. I can work a hell of a lot more hours as a team to increase the dollars that come in, but the dollars per square foot per hour you know, doesn't change in terms of my specific hours. Let's say if I worked 30 hours and then I gave, you know, 10 to 15 hours, let's say it was 45 hours uh, that I worked, you know, specifically getting my business launched and supporting my spouse in, let's say, a thousand square feet. All right. So I'm getting, I'm working for 45 hours, but I'm getting 60 hours of productivity out of my lease. Yep. So you're doubling the amount of dollars per square foot that you can generate while only increasing uh, that effort by 50%. You'd be doing most of that other stuff anyway, right? You'd be working those 45 hours, probably closer to 50, 55 hours in the week when you do all the marketing to get things rolling. But again, and again, I'm going to just change that, not say 45, we're just going to say the clinic hours that you work you can add your clinic hours, but each person is making, let's say, all right, you did a really good job and each of you is seeing 50 you know, patients per week, right? You're seeing 50 patients per week at roughly, uh, let's say $50 per visit on 10 minute blocks, right? Well, that's going to put you somewhere between, you know, probably close to uh, I'd say 250,000 in revenue. So you have 250,000 revenue divided by a thousand, right? But instead of having to work 60 hours to 
uh, accumulate that amount of revenue, you only have to work 30, right? I'm not even going to count that extra 15 that I was discussing further. Don't, right? Because you're going to be doing that anyway, but nobody's going to be in your office if that person isn't working the off hours. So you can get $250,000 in a thousand square feet only working 30 clinic hours. That sounds pretty awesome. That means each of you, you know, depending on, you know, that, I think in a thousand square feet, you could probably keep your overhead depending on your, the place that you're working, you know, to 3,500, 3,500, maybe 4,000 a month, uh, in all, uh, in all expenses. So I'm just going to bop up my calculator here to see what that is. Let's say 50 times two, that's a hundred. So you're doing a hundred, you know, visits per week. Let's say it's 50, which is not hard to do for for one person to do 50, right? Realistically, you know, on a 30-hour week, you should probably be somewhere around 80 or 90, um, and you can still division, you know, develop quality care. The idea too is the effective hourly rate should be somewhere around 150 bucks or more. Like you should be able to collect 300 or more, but your book isn't going to be full, but as soon as you can get it to $150, $175 per hour that you are actually collecting for the clinic hours that you're working, the better. But another podcast for another day. That puts you at 5000 a week. Uh, we do 52 weeks. We divide that by 12 months. That's putting you at almost just under 22000 in revenue. So each person's bringing in about ten grand, a little bit more, uh, almost 11000 per month. Well, you subtract, let's say 4500 Let's say you're in an affluent area, you have 1,000 square feet, and it's a pretty nice place, so it's easy to get new patients and, and fairly affluent patients. So 4500 That leaves you $17,000 in profitability. That's amazing. Okay, let's just times that by 12, and that puts you and your spouse you know, in your first year, maybe that second year at $206,000 of profitability in your second year in practice. Now, I think that's that's totally possible. What's the mistake? What is the mistake? Most people go out, hey, I'm going to get, you know, 2,000 square feet, you know, and that's going to, you know, give, put me at about 10,000. Well, I'm going to get an office manager too, right out the gate or, or pay somebody for that. And I'm going to, you know, pay for Google marketing and, you know, I'm going to have somebody else do something for me. So we're looking at 10, 12, maybe $14,000 overhead per month, right? And generally you're not doing a very good job. So you're not making 22,000, you know, you're making more like 15,000 if you're lucky, right? Let's remember that if you're lucky. And uh, okay, let's, let's say, okay, let's say it was 12,000. So all of a sudden you're making $3,000 a month that puts you at $36,000 a year. Does that sound familiar? I know it sounds really familiar to a lot of practicing docs. So here's the challenge, uh, folks, from this, and this is the essence of what we're putting together, is minimize your dollars per square foot per hour. And if you're in the dreaded, I'm going to get married to another chiropractor, flip the script on that and say, I can't wait to get married to another chiropractor because we can help each other out. We can double the revenue that we make in the same amount of square feet for the same amount of hours that we work as individuals, 
right? And that's still coming to the same household. So it's the difference between making $36,000 and $200,000. That is business acumen, okay? That's not something that you're going to get in school. But that's something that's totally out there. That's the kind of model we're trying to generate because if we do that, then all of a sudden the best doctors can succeed a hell of a lot faster. We can start seeing more of the public. The best chiropractors generating the best results are making the most monies, seeing the most people. All of a sudden, that's how we're going to change the perception of healthcare to be less about urgent cares, to be less about hospitals, and and more about going to that gym Cairo hybrid model. Because guess what? A couple of years making over 200K living on a small you know, uh, footprint or a minimalist lifestyle, hell, you can buy everything in cash. You might be able to buy your own building, right? And after five to 10 years as this power couple of chiropractic, you are just dominating, you know, a, an entire community, creating all sorts of opportunities for young docs to filter in and just build this amazing system, you know, that you have versus, okay, maybe one of us has to look at a different profession. Right, The opportunities are there. Pay attention to them. Go out. Seek more information. But again, crew, this is the type of stuff we're going to talk about a lot on Cairo PCP in the year 2023. Subscribe to the podcast. Again, go to the website, chiropcp.com. You will be able to subscribe to get a free membership. That'll get you the five critical things for practice you don't get in Cairo school. That's a PDF. But it also is accompanied by five podcasts that talk about those things specifically specifically. So get to the website, um, subscribe so that you can get all of that information and start thinking about these high-level concepts. Again, like, share, and comment, uh, you know, on Spotify and whatever, you know, uh, platform you're utilizing and then talk about this to other uh, tries, to friends, to enemies, whatever it is, get the word out because we need to change a profession and you need to succeed. And we're going to try and make that happen. There's only one way we can do it, folks. We got to keep moving. I hope you have the best day, the best week, the best month, and the best year of your life. Again, there's only one way to do it. We got to keep moving. We'll see you next week.